Hey friends and welcome to the happy hour. This is the happy hour Jamie Ivy podcast and I am your host Jamie every week and the happy hour is a show where each week I invite a girlfriend to join me and we talk about the big things in life, the small things and everything in between. Today's show is sponsored by Raven and Lily. I have one of my favorite necklaces is from Raven and Lily and I love to wear it everywhere I go. Raven and Lily is locally based out of Austin, and they are an eco-friendly, ethical lifestyle and fashion brand that partners with women artisans across the globe. These partnerships offer sustainable employment and means to medical and educational needs that they might not normally get. Their unique handmade goods include gifts, jewelry, clothing, and much more. If you ever come to Austin, let me know because, of course, I have tons of places I think you should eat. But you could also go to their storefront that Raven and Lily has right over here on East Mainer. If you don't come to Austin, you can shop online and go to ravenandlily.com. And right now, for Happy Hour listeners, they have a 15% off coupon that you can use. Use the code HAPPYHOUR for 15% off all your purchases. Today's guest is Jen Sprinkle. Jen and I met this past year at the IF Gathering here in Austin, and I knew from the minute that I met her that I would love her. Today on the show, we chat about the book that she released recently called 31 Days of Prayer for the dreamer and the doer. We chatted about her marriage and some of the struggles that her and her husband experienced early on in their married years. And we also reveal some guilty TV pleasures as well. Jen is graciously giving away some products that we talked about during the show, and I'm doing that over on Instagram. So make sure you follow me over there. My Instagram handle is just my name, Jamie Ivy. Guys, I'd love it if you took the time today to leave a rating or a review over on iTunes about the show. The crazy thing about iTunes is that when you do that, it actually helps you find the show better. So basically, when you say that you like the show, then iTunes thinks, well, I'll let other people know about it. So you liking the show and leaving a rating and review actually helps more people find the happy hour. And that is what we want. It's super easy. Head over to your iTunes, find the happy hour with Jamie Ivy under podcast, and then just rate it and leave a comment. I want to say thank you to Anna, who recently left a comment over on iTunes, and she said, this podcast is so fun, exactly like you're hanging out with your friends who just happen to be super inspiring women. Jamie's a great interviewer and really transparent with her own life. Love it. And thanks to all of you who, for the almost three weeks that I haven't had a show up, oh my gosh, computer problems got the best of me. Thank you to all of you that are like, we missed the happy hour. On Instagram, Deborah Rhodes said, does this mean the podcast will be back soon? I've missed you on my commute. Because I put a picture of the UPS truck. And yes, here you go, Deborah. This is for you. Also, Aaliyah left a comment on Instagram. And she said, housework is so lonely and boring without you. And I'm so glad that I get to be with you guys on your commute, when you're working out, when you're doing housework. Someone told me they like painted the whole inside of their house while listening to the show. Guys, thank you so much. Today's a fun show. This is episode number 49, which means the big episode number 50 will be coming up soon. I cannot wait for you guys to hear that. Guys, until then, sit back, relax. Here is my friend, Jen. Welcome to the happy hour. Thanks. Okay. If only it really was a happy hour. If only. It's going to have to be a happy hour with coffee. I know. I just got another cup of coffee. I thought if you did, I would too. Do you? Are you a coffee snob? Mm, uh, um, not really, but I can be picky, but not snobby like expensive coffee. Okay. I'm not at all. Like, I'll straight up drink, like, hotel coffee. Oh, wow. Yeah. I that's... know. <laughs> it's to me. But I do have this favorite coffee that I love from H-E-B. It's the Texas Pecan Coffee. Oh, yeah. And Central Market has it. It's just my favorite. I think my sister's been buying that at Central Market. Yes. I go to Central Market. Like, I meet friends there. 
and it's like they have seven different choices, but if they're out of that, I'll wait. So I'm not a coffee oh. snob, but I like that one. That's so funny. Um, let's just jump right in here. You're doing a podcast for this book. Tell me about it. Yeah. So we just finished up a podcast series for 31 days of prayer for the dreamer and the doer. So it was a, a book that we, um, we, you keep saying we, we. yeah, we, so I about a, I guess it's been about to backtrack a little bit, huh? We will. Okay. Go ahead. Just a little bit. Um, so probably about two years ago, this, uh, I just had a huge burden for women entrepreneurs and their journey. I am one myself and, um, just saw God just show me that this community of women entrepreneurs, they need community. Mm -hmm. And so I went to my friend, Kelly Rucker, who actually lives there in Austin now at the time she was in Dallas. And was she the one moving here when you and I met for lunch that one day? Yes. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And so she, I went to her, I was like, you know, don't kill me, but I've got another idea, (laughs) another thing I want to start. And just shared with her and she's such a kindred spirit with the same burden for women entrepreneurs. So we said, let's do it. Let's start a community. And at first, oddly enough, it was going to just be a conference. And that's a long story in and of itself. But the journey of trying to launch something Mm. is what really birthed a year later um, this idea to put together a book of prayers because I just... I really wrestled with a lot trying to build this this idea of community and a conference and a website and um, how do you monetize? How do you mm-hmm. reach out to people? How do you connect with people? There's just so many things when God births something in you, you're like, okay, yes, I'm ready to go. And then the enemy jumps right in and, and does whatever he can to distract and discourage. Yeah. And, and that's what happened. And so there were just all these different areas of building what I felt like God was calling me to do that I was wrestling with. And I thought, how awesome if I could just have kind of a daily prayer that kind of tackled all these different issues. Yeah. Everything from comparison to uh, busyness to finding rest and balance. Um, to everything we deal with every day. Yeah, yeah, even down to things as specific. I mean, there's a few prayers that are really specific to like a business owner or an entrepreneur. I mean, even someone like you, um, down to like building your website and branding. Like, how do I connect with the right people to get execute my vision? And mm. um, just knowing God cares about those details of what He births in you, and so. I thought we would just write it ourselves all the all the days, the 31 days of prayer. And then I thought, you know what? This is about community and collaboration and um, joining together other women in the trenches. And so I reached out to about 30 other women and they said yes. And within a short amount of time from probably August of last year to November, we had this book complete. That is amazing. So, yeah. So it was super, uh, out of the blue. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell people regarding goal setting, I'm a weird, I, I'm not a fan of goal setting. <laughs> okay. An issue I need to work on. Tell me why. Cause just yesterday I said, I need to make some goals for myself. You know, I, I'm really, honestly, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm okay. trying to figure out what my fear is, what my issue is, what my, uh, 
I don't want to do that. I, I think it's it's gotten to be, I haven't had a lot of success in like structure. And I think I mentioned this to you before, like God's dealing with me a lot on self-discipline. And I mm -hmm. think because that's been a struggle with me lately, that goals just don't go well with a lack <laughs> of self-discipline. So I've, I've been avoiding it, but I think what's, what, but it seems what, ironic to me though, Jen, cause you're an entrepreneur. I, I would think entrepreneurs would be very goal heavy. Yeah. But I'm also a creative. Okay, so this whole yep. free mm -hmm. spirit part of yep. me, it's just really, it's like, you can't handle someone telling you goal, even if it's yourself. Yeah. Like don't put yeah. me in a box with these goals I have to meet. Cause what if something else comes to my mind? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I am an idea person. I'm a builder. I love building things. So I've got ideas coming every which way all the time. And it's like, but wait a second, if I choose one of these and set a goal around it, that means I have to say no to the other things. Yeah. And I just have a hard time. My free spirit has a hard time with that. And I think the thing with the book was that was never on the radar. Come January 2014, that was writing a book was that wouldn't not, have made the goal list. No, it was yeah. it would not have made the goal. Well, list. This, so this I, proves your theory. It, it really does. So you I'm know, gonna I mean, you just proved I'm your gonna theory. Start yeah, I'm going to start teaching non-goal setting <laughs> webinars. I think so this is going to go over great. Stay tuned. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that was a cool thing that came out of it was just, it was never a goal. It so happened. did a conference come out of it? Not yet. And it's, that's really still something, it's something we want to do. It's an idea. It's a dream. It's a something, hey, I guess I should say it would be a goal. Right. Um. And I know a lot of people would not understand this, but it's like God has just not given us a piece about it mm -hmm. yet. He may not ever. That's so hard for me to say because I am a conference junkie. I love conferences. I remember you said that before. I get inspired and encouraged by them so much and get to connect with people. Um, you and I met at a conference. We did. We did. We met at the so, old if gathering. Yeah. Good old if. Good old if. Bringing people together. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's in the, in the future. It's still, gosh, a passion and something I would love to do. I just really want it to be what God wants to do. And I think that's the other thing about goals. I see so many people like talking about their goals at the beginning of the year and what they want to do. And, you know, I just want to make sure anything I set out to do, it, it may sound super spiritual. I don't know, but I just, I want it to be what God wants me to do. Yeah. And I realized I was doing a lot of things I wanted to do. Well, even you so. just said you haven't had this piece yet about the conference. And you said that sounds silly, but it really doesn't sound silly because you could easily go out and develop a conference. I mean, I'm not saying that it's easy to do that, but what I'm no, saying yeah. is you could do that. You could put yeah. your head together. You could pull people in. You could create something. You could bring in people who are going to like get stuff done and you could do it, but you just don't feel like it's time. Yeah, I don't. And, and. God just, God's just been doing some things like that. Like the book, for instance, came out of the blue, knew it was what I was supposed to do, had no doubt it was because if it was going to get done, God was going to get it done because it was a short amount of time to turn around. That's very short. Yeah. With 30, oh, you know, almost 30 collaborators. Right. And, and then even since then, we got approached by a literary agent who said, I want to take this to traditional publishing and presented us with a contract. 
And I, and the moment I was building up to it, sending them our numbers, our sales, and our marketing plan, I was so this excited. This before you released it? No, this after. was after. So this you released it like self-published? Mm-hmm. Self-published. Released it in January 2015. As like a hard copy? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hard copy. And come, I guess it was in April, um, we started started getting approached and, and it was April when we got the final, Hey, yes, we want to send you a contract and didn't have a piece about it. Talk to some people, some friends in the industry. I've been so fortunate to have dear friends who are in the publishing industry and just called and said, Hey, I'm just feeling unsettled about this, that this isn't what I'm supposed to do. Like sign the, you know, right. go this direction, which doesn't make sense. Like, in the world like that doesn't no, make sense no it seems like this is amazing Jen what are you hesitating for exactly yeah and I think those are the moments where I'm like wow if something looks like it is a sure like you should totally do this and I don't have it's like the juxt- the major juxtaposition of this seems like you're crazy if right. someone saw you turn yeah. this down and then just the lack of peace I'm like okay this God's uh, doesn't I don't, it make what you like so grateful for that voice though because it doesn't make sense but yet you don't feel this peace about it so you're like this must be from God I am thankful I will be completely honest this time this was just a few months ago when this all happened it was the catalyst that kind of spun me out of control a little bit in like I mean I am 38 years old and I had a moment of now, like, what am I supposed to do with my life? If, if not that being an author was what I was supposed to do with my life, I think it just turned a bunch of things upside down. Um, like there were all these opportunities that God was just saying, this isn't the one, this isn't the one. And sometimes he says, this isn't the one, but this is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he just says, this isn't the one, but he's not ready to tell you what is. And I was I was really in that place where he was just like saying no, but not saying go here yeah. instead. So it was really a little bit unsettling and um, just had to sit in it. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I had to keep reminding myself, sometimes God may say no to something, but he may not reveal yet what is next. And yeah. that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I had to find confidence in the no and not worry about the what next. Yeah. And it's, it's unsettling sometimes. It's really hard. I just spoke with someone else about this um, who will be on the show another time about how when I left my radio job and how that was so hard because it just felt like, what? This is yeah. like everything. Like, this is yeah. amazing. I love this. Why am I leaving? Um, but it, it Yeah, great. and something you see God, like God uses it. Like he gave you those gifts. He uses those. Um, you do it well. And it's something he taught me a couple years ago that sometimes he asks us to walk away from, from good to make room for great. And sometimes we have to wait on great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we also to throw this in, have to be okay if we don't ever see great. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. Yeah. And that's, what's hard too. Cause on one hand you want to be like, Oh, well it's, there's, there's something better. There's something better. But then you have to also realize, well, there might not be, I mean, you know what I mean? This might, yeah, what that you're just feeling might right not now have might been, be yeah. the better. Yeah. He yeah. just might not have wanted that for right. you. Right. Because of what it could have 
compromised or anything that you don't um, even know. Cost you. Yeah, yeah. We may never know and he does not owe, owe us that. Yeah. So yeah. you and your husband are both entrepreneurs. Yes. And, and we're both and creatives. Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you something. I'm married to a creative and sometimes people have said, well, you're creative too, Jamie. You started your own podcast. I, I'm not, let me just get this out in the open. I am not a creative. <laughs> let me tell you that. Okay. Like my brain doesn't think that way. Like Aaron is always like, you should write a book. You should write a book. And I'm always like, tell me what to write. Like my brain just doesn't work that way. I don't understand it, but Aaron's does. I don't know how we would survive if we were both like him. It, I will be so honest. It is hard. Yes. And, and I, the other thing is I, I do not meet a lot of other couples like us. Usually it's you on that. Yeah. somebody's in night. One of you's in IT. The other one's in a creative. Exactly. One's an accountant. The other one's a author. Yeah. Like it's so rare to find two creatives. So we kind of feel like we're on this little island struggling uh -huh. along, yeah. trying to figure it out every day. Now, are y'all creatives? Do you work together on projects or do you have your own things? We have had our own things for years. And just recently, um, we, we've had a, we've been married, it'll be 14 years in September and it has, it's been a journey and we feel like God just about three years ago really pushed us to start operating as a team. Mm -hmm. Um, we thought that was like, oh, we should do business together, but that just wasn't, I don't think that's what he wanted us to do. It ended up being ministry together, which has been cool to see. But actually in the last three months, we, we started our own business together. He, he's taking the lead on it. He's kind of the one in charge and, and he's very relational. He's the extrovert. Um, so he gets to do all the relationship building with people and, and talk to people. He's great at that. And, and I have found a lot of freedom and just kind of stepping back and, um, doing the marketing side gotcha. and mm -hmm. more support, which is, it's been a challenge for me because I have been kind of the CEO of my business for so many years and I'm, your design I'm, business is that what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just very independent. I'm very, I have my way of doing things I've always had. And so it's, it's, required a lot of me to step back, take more of a supportive role, um, support him more, not try to take the lead, which doesn't, when you're an entrepreneur and you both have your own independent things, I think as a woman, I've struggled with that. Like the whole CEO during the day, helpmate at night right. thing. <laughs> that sounds, that, there's a title for a book right there. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't shift very well uh -huh. into that. Um, I, I, being a supportive helpmate has, has not, uh, come easy to me and it's just definitely something God's been working with me on, which I think this is exactly what he's trying to do with us is challenge me in this area to support him and almost make it possible for him, not almost, but make it possible for him to build this successful yeah. business and let him lead that. Yeah. Um, are you so, still yeah. doing your design stuff? I am. That is what's paying the bills right now. Okay. And what, tell everyone what you do. Yeah, I have a, a web design, graphic design, creative strategy business. So most of my clients are small to medium sized businesses, which I love working with. Um, so I help with their branding and online presence and have been doing that for 
several, several years and have loved it. And um, it's been a blessing the last three years while um, we've been on a journey of, of my husband quit his job three years ago. I quit my corporate job about four years ago and to just set out on, we just have the entrepreneur blood in us and we can't, can't stop it. Can't. We're just building all the time. That um, right, let me tell you, <clears throat> my personality, that like makes my armpits start sweating. Yeah, mine are right now just talking about <laughs> it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it just, that's, I don't have that in me. But you can just tell that some people do. Some people do, and we're just, we are wired that way, and it is so, we're very, it's not in our family, which has been interesting. Like, Oh, I'm sure, yeah. There's no one in our family like this. And so and your life looks this. so different. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, you know, people have really, I think, worried about us for the last several years. We were going to make it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that it does, us, us people that don't think this way, it does worry us. Yeah, it's very risky. It's, yeah. um, we are very much risk takers. But that's fun. Um, it's, it's so fun. It's always an adventure every day. And it's actually us identifying, like really coming to terms with this is who we are. And until we really sit in it and like be confident in it and stop apologizing about it, um, we're going to be miserable in all areas of our life. Yeah. And like I said, we, we've been married 14 years and um, the first three years we were separated twice. Yeah. Can you tell me about that? I never knew that. Yeah. Um, we we went to college together you and go? did not we went to University of North Texas in Denton. <sighs> go yep. Eagles. Go Eagles, yep. Um yeah, we met the first day of school, but uh did not date all through college. We weren't even really hangout friends. We were involved in the same college ministry, which was really big. Um oh here's an you interesting know what's funny, real quick. What? what year did you graduate high school? Ninety five. Okay, I graduated in 96, and UNT was my second choice. <gasps> I know we could have been in college together. We would have been best friends. Not really, because you were in, you just said you were in a ministry. I was not. Oh, you would have been you someone reached I out trying, to me. <laughs> I was trying to get to come to college life yes. on Tuesday nights. Yeah, Got you it. would have okay. tried. I would have come, though. Oh, well. Okay, carry on. You'll find this funny. I, John and I were both at different times MCs for our college ministry. Hilarious. It was like 500 people every Tuesday night. Um, okay, so y'all yeah, met. So, so we met in college. We're, we knew each other. We watched each other. We were both involved in ministry but um, did not date in college. And then I moved, took a job out of college and moved to Arkansas and – he reached out and said, "Hey, can I write you?" Like, yes, Are back you in the serious? day. Yeah, back in the This is pre-cell phones. I know, but that sounds so romantic, you know. It sounds like he's going off to war or something. Totally. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Okay, so were you freaked it. out? Oh, I told him. I said, "Okay, we're just friends." Like sure. I was like, "Don't get the wrong idea. Yeah, you can write me whatever, but we're just friends." And I told him that several times. Uh-huh. But somehow between July of me moving to Arkansas and January, we decided we were going to get married. And Oh, those letters must have had some good stuff in them, Jen. <laughs> they did. And, you know, he, he bought me my first cell phone because that's back in the day where it was like yeah. 
free nights and weekends. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, I remember. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like call so, after seven or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those were some good times. So yeah, that was, we knew that in January and in May he moved me back oh, my uh, to Texas, came up to Arkansas, packed my bags. And then we, uh, I'll never forget. We, you know, and it's interesting because the late night phone calls, all the late night, you know, staying up late talking. Yeah. Um, we had big plans for our life. We were going to do marriage ministry. Uh-huh. Um, he came from a great married home. I came from a very uh, not great married home. And so we just, for both different reasons, we're very passionate about marriage and thought, oh, we will write a book someday and uh-huh. we will speak at conferences. Okay, mind Before you. Before we y'all were... are married? Oh, gosh. Girl, we were 24. <laughs> and I know We can God's... laugh now because we've both been married for 14 years and we're 37. You know. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. God was like, oh, my gosh, these little kids, they have no idea what but they're But look at the seeds about. he had planted in you, you know. Oh, it is so evident. It's scary that he like birthed the love that. of marriage. Oh, gosh. He birthed that in us. And then, um, yeah, so we had a plan. And even, it's funny you say the whole... Uh, going off to war thing, the plan was also to move like 20 minutes outside of our college church we went to so that we weren't distracted by too much ministry that we could focus on our marriage the first year before he went to seminary. He was going to go to seminary. And that was the plan. We were going to like focus on our marriage the first year. It was so exciting. And then he's in Arkansas packing up my stuff and we get a phone call from, uh, Zach Allen Uh Um, and Zach and John had just gone through a nine month discipleship program together and Zach got offered a job at a church and he said, Hey, I want John Sprinkle to come with me. So he calls and offers John this job. And for someone at our age to be offered a vocational ministry job without seminary. Yeah. uh, That didn't happen back then. No. Yeah. And they said they would pay for his seminary. Yeah. So he looks at, gets off the phone and looks at me and says, uh, just been offered this job. I'm like, okay. And it was high school ministry. This is pre-marriage still. This is bags packed, U-Haul loaded. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And I started bawling. So you did not not like this. Oh no. I not, not even so much. I didn't like this. I knew that high school ministry was on my not called to list. (laughs) You're like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, but I know what I'm not doing. Yeah. You have a possibly called to list. And then I I know I'm not called to list. That was on there. And let's be honest. When a husband is called to ministry for high school kids, so is the wife. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so is seven days a week Uh and sporting events. And I just saw my life flash before my eyes started crying. (laughs) Oh, this cracks me up. So, so start the red flags flying around, like hitting the job. So yeah, he took the job. And so So is this the same, I had Lindsay Wheeler on. Is this the same church that her husband worked at? Yes, ma'am. These were, we laughed that these were like dark days for all of us. You should get me, you should get me. Jenny, Jenny Allen, and Lindsay on one podcast, <laughs> would bring it down. Oh, it would that's be so funny. Maybe not. It's probably not a good idea. Okay, so he takes the job. Takes the job and moves me, you know, back to Texas. And uh-huh. then he moves away. 
He had to move like almost two hours away to take the job. Wait, so why didn't you go with him? Long no, we're long distance because we weren't married yet. Yeah. Oh. You know, that whole thing. So, yeah, did the whole long distance thing. And and we it was touch and go. It was like, should we really do this? Should we get married? You bawled when I said I was going to take a vocational ministry job. Maybe you're not the right one for me. Like right. that. <laughs> Like those whole conversations. And then as the wife, you convince yourself, if you stop this from happening, he will resent you. Like oh, you don't want to live, yeah. him, you know? Yeah. And you're not so even you, married yet. I mean, no, you know what I mean? So you also feel like, how can I tell him what to do? Totally. I'm his girlfriend. Yeah. Right. I'm just his girlfriend. I'm not even engaged. Right. Like we're not even engaged at this Okay. Point. So y'all eventually get married, obviously. We eventually get married. Yeah. And sure enough, the first year and a half, we we dealt with health issues. I had some um, health issues. Coming into marriage with baggage, you just, mm-hmm. we all do, yep. you know. But and you still in ministry at the church, high school? Ministry. Yeah. So I think you're just in this pressure cooker of dealing with people pleasing. Mm-hmm. You're on staff. Yep. Everything um, has to look good. Everything has to look good. Um, you're in a town where you don't know anybody. Yeah. Um, you're dealing with you know, baggage you bring in, insecure, it just insecurities rose in me that I did not even know I had. Yeah. Um, sex was really difficult for us. Yeah. Uh, that was really the catalyst that kind of set things in motion to just fall apart. And nobody tells you that this could happen. No. Like even when you just said sex was really bad, nobody tells you that that might be an option. You know, or that might be a possibility, not an option, but you know what I mean? You know what's interesting about that? I don't know what how this is in me, but I don't think I'm a Debbie Downer. I don't think I'm like an, uh, I think I call myself a realist. I actually had gone to my doctor before we got married and I said, Hey, here's the deal. I've heard some rumors. This could possibly hurt. Could you like check things out? Let me know if there's any concern to be had. And he's like, no, you're totally fine. How old were you? I mean, I was 24, okay. 23. I mean, that's a pretty, like, bold move to do, I would say. Yeah, and I'm. that's why I wonder. I have no idea why I did that. Like, mm-hmm. what was it in me that knew enough to uh-huh. go and ask? And so... So y'all just come, had all of these things thrown at yeah. you the first mm-hmm. year. Yeah, and we just failed miserably. And we thought the answer was to move. So after a year and a half, we moved... To, attend, to the city, moved to the city. I had a job at the time that was pretty steady. And so we're like, well, we at least have that. Let's move away. Maybe we need a fresh start. Mm-hmm. And it just. So it left just kept, the church. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and it just didn't kept, solve your problems. Did not solve our problems. Yeah. Because it probably wasn't the problem. No, it wasn't at all. Um, it, it didn't help mm-hmm. at all. Um, but yeah, moved away and, and tried to make it work. We just so much hurt had already happened you know just so much yeah there was our you know so much resentment him feeling so rejected mm-hmm. you know that was just heavy heavy yeah um you know and we were to be honest we were christians at a very young age and so it uh, we joke that we answered every premarital counseling question correctly uh-huh. like you we knew what to say Oh, totally. We went to a church. They joked. It was called Denton Bible Church. Uh But the joke was it was Denton Bridal Church. Oh. Because our pastor was like the guru on Song of Solomon. Mm -hmm. And 
everybody. I went to that conference, I think. Yeah. So we knew our stuff, man. We had it all together and we were going to. Well, y'all were going to write marriage books. Totally. We were going to do marriage conferences. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you expect? So how did y'all crawl out of that hole? Um, there needs to probably be a part two happy hour. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, oh gosh. Um, how do we crawl out? Uh, or like, separate- how did you first, like you said, y'all separated. How did you realize this, this is big and we want to fix it because you could have just said, this is big. We're out. Yeah. Um, and maybe we you did. I don't know. No, no, no. That's, I think that was what is so interesting about our um, story is there was some really painful incidents in our, in our marriage that just really drove us to the, to the bottom and where, you know, he, he said, this is over. I can't do this. And um, we, I think when something, you know, tragic happens in your, in your marriage, you just kind of, you hope you recoil like you kind of hope you come to yourself and recoil and we did not recoil. We, we kept going farther and farther apart and trying to people please and, um, living on our own. I remember getting my own apartment and having to go get my own, you know, a new bed and a new couch. Separated. Yeah. The second time we had separated, that's when I knew I lived with some people and then I lived by myself the first time. Um, but but then we got back together and it was another year of just trying to make it work. And it wasn't the, the pain and hurt had not been reconciled. It had not been dealt with. Um, so that's when we ended up getting separated a second time. And, um, that's when I went and lived with myself and had to start over. And you, and when we even got back together after the second separation, again, you think, okay, we're back together. Let's just, we're going to make this work. Yeah. And it was four more years of struggling and, wow. um, oh gosh, just late nights of, um, so much insecurity that he could leave any minute, like just not feeling secure in that and fighting for it. And, um, you know, in his story, it's his story. And he says that he just went through a real wilderness season where he just, you know, he was a Christian at a young age. I was a Christian at a young age. Um, really learning a lot about, I think God wanted to teach us a lot about grace. We were very much um, works-based mm-hmm. Christians. And both of y'all. And so it seems like that would be yeah. like a, a recipe for mm-hmm. disaster. Oh, it was. No one's was, giving out grace. No, yeah. none. Not, not an ounce. I don't mm-hmm. even think we knew really what that looked like. Yeah. And um, so ironically, it was about year seven, eight. I can't remember exactly which year. And I was, my period was late and I panicked and he came home and I just said, I'm late. I'm afraid I'm pregnant. And he's like, okay, this is going to be okay. If this is what God wants, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, no, it's not going to be okay. Like we're not okay. This is not okay. He's like, well, let's just go take a pregnancy test. I'm like, no, I don't want to know. I can't handle it. I can't handle the answer. So I waited four days <laughs> um, and then, to go get a pregnancy test. And we took the pregnancy test and, you know, it's what, three minutes that you lay there and wait. Uh-huh. And um, so you think about a million things in those three minutes. And I wasn't pregnant. And I remember we laid there talking like, well, what were you thinking for those three minutes? What were you thinking? Yeah. 
And it made us come to terms with if we're pregnant, we're in this and we're not afraid to be in this. Like Mm -hmm. we will do anything. Like we're not going anywhere. And that was the biggest gift. It was around our anniversary and it was such a gift to both of us because we finally found the security we needed to do whatever it took to show grace. Because Mm -hmm. when you're fearful that the other person is going to leave or disappoint you, you you're afraid to show too much grace for fear. It's going to come back and hurt you. Like it's going to not be worth it or bite you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think we were living in that cycle. And, um, so that was a real, a real turning point. Um, and then close to like year 10, 11, we, we had both been still working our corporate jobs and, but our entrepreneurial bug was alive in us. And so we were doing side jobs. So we were working all the time, all the time. And in the midst of all that, I remember I was traveling overseas every three months and I came home one month and he said, I just, I know you're wired this way. You are gifted this way. You're good at what you do. You know, having this business, he goes, but I just don't know if I want to be married to a CEO. And it crushed me because I knew what he meant. He's like, it's costing us too much for you to work, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. eight, 90 hours a week. Yeah. And it was, and I had poured myself into all my work because my marriage wasn't fulfilling yeah. to me and it just became very habitual and I became workaholic and, um, and he was not happy. He, he was good at his job, but again, knew that's not how God had had created him and and called him to do. So we just became very drastic and unapologetic in decisions we made. And within two years, we had both quit our jobs. And unfortunately at the time we had a house Yeah, (laughs) and we should have sold our house a lot sooner than we did. Um, but we started cutting back, cut cable, cut, lowered every liability we could possibly lower. Uh Um, and it felt great. Like, I had a friend ask me at our estate sale where we sold about 90% of our stuff. She said, is this so hard for you to sell all these things? I said, no. And it's not me that's saying that it, God has completely prepared our heart to just let go of all this stuff. It wasn't anything in us. It wasn't me being like really strong or anything. Um, he just made it clear and with his mercy just changed our hearts. Hmm. So we did, we just sold our house and sold, um, about 90% of our stuff, having no idea where we were going to live, um, what we were going to do. We just knew that was a step to take mm-hmm. and ended up moving in with John's parents for a few months. And, uh, how was that? It's a, it was actually awesome. It was, um, 2013. We lived with them for about six months and in that six, not six months, it was about six to eight weeks. Sorry. And, uh, got to spend that time with him. I love his parents. And little did we know we got placed in an apartment during that time to do this, this mm-hmm. ministry work mm-hmm. and to do this. And in that process, that was when we were living with him and, uh, his dad helped us move in in October of 2013. And by the end of that month, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh gosh. And, um, so three months, he passed three months later. Mm. And 
So that you know, was a was, huge blessing for y'all to spend that time with them. Oh, it was it was awesome. And and John actually at the time he he still didn't have a a job job. He was doing odd jobs and you know gigs and freelancing and consulting, but nothing stable, which is so stressful mm-hmm. um, to be to be the breadwinner. But God completely orchestrated it because got John get to spend every day with his dad, yeah, pretty much um, during those three months. So. You know what? It's, you know, the whole good God has something greater yeah. for us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily, that wasn't the great thing that happened, but the time with him was great. Yeah. Um, it seems like everything we've chatted about this morning, like so much in your life has been about like God taking you down these roads of uncertainty to bring you to something that you never would have even imagined. Oh, no. And it's, it's so cool. And it's taken, I say the best thing about turning 38 <laughs> was I have lived a lot of life mm-hmm. and not a lot. I mean, people, there's probably 60 year olds listening to you like, Oh girl, you haven't lived. <laughs> You're so no, young. But you have. Yeah. You just at, at 38, you just, you know, you know, God's MO and you know, the enemy's MO yeah. and you, you've learned it. I and think you see could it write coming. that marriage book now too. I know we got to get on that. <laughs> Put that on your goal list. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'll get on that. Yeah, get, get on, on that. that. Writing that right now. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, but it, you just, you get more confident in saying, okay, he's got this. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't just drop me off here. Like, he's got this. Yeah. And um, know how the enemy works when he's trying to discourage and confuse. Yeah. Like, you can see that coming now. So, to all those who are about to turn... 30 and you don't want to get older the best is yet to come 30s are awesome no they are 30 was not hard turning 30 wasn't hard for me 35 is where I went okay this I I, I'm like half I'm now closer to 40 which honestly I'm not one of those people that's worth that doesn't scare me it just felt like oh okay this is a little different yeah it's funny that you say that about 35 because I had the same breakdown at 35. And I think it's because of what we were going through because we had decided not like we intentionally decided not to have children. And then we were going through this transition of like selling everything. And I thought people at 35 are supposed to have, you know, America, the American dream, the world Mm -hmm. says you're supposed to have the dog, pick a fence, the house, you know, 2.5 kids and two cars and a lake house. Yeah. Um, I was like, Whoa, this is not, what I have at 35 and I'm okay with it, mm-hmm. but is the world okay? You know, like, right. is my family okay with that? Yeah. <laughs> my friends okay with that? People uh, do look at that and be like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. This is not, this is not how it's supposed to look. Yeah. Yeah. We had to get over that a long time ago. That's good. <laughs> if everyone just get over what everyone else thinks about them, it would be a lot better, right? Totally. Which speaking of people thinking stuff about them, you told me you're watching the bachelorette. Yes. Okay. I haven't watched the season. Don't judge. No judgment here because I'm about to ask you a question that when I give you my answer, people will judge me. If okay. you weren't married, would you go on the show? Mm. <laughs> That's a really good question. You know what? Don't feel bad it's about so, your answer because I'm going to say yes. I'm, I might do it. It's funny because I'm trying. One of the girls that lives here in my apartment that's become a dear friend, I texted her last night and I said, we are going to Oklahoma on Sunday. And she's like, why? It's like, because the Bachelorette oh. auditions is on Sunday. 
Like, I'm trying to live vicariously through her. Right. Like, I really want her to be on the show. She should be on the show. So here's what I always say. Like, obviously, I'm happily married, and that's not, it's not an option. But I think I would ha- I think it would be so much fun up until, like, top 10 or something. Or top totally. 5 or something. Mm-hmm. I honestly wouldn't want to go um, all the way to the end. Only because I wouldn't want to be humiliated on national TV if I didn't get picked. Which is weird that you're like, it's like you're getting picked for a basketball game or something. But all the places they get to go. I'm like, that'd be no, so I know. fun. And I, I've played this out in my mind one too many times. And like all the girlfriends like, you meet. Mm-hmm. The I mean, first that'd cocktail, be fun. The first yes. night. The cocktail, whatever yes. night. Uh-huh. It's just the experience of the show. It'd be like I want to go on Survivor, which I don't want to go on Survivor. But be like the American race. That'd be fun. Which I yeah, actually, and- even if I was like a single woman, I would not be so keen on all the kissing that they do like on TV. That makes me nervous for them. I'm always well, nervous when it happens. Like, oh, this is Okay, bad. well, definitely don't, don't watch this season. I'm not going to. I actually don't even care about it, but I've heard it's kind of, like, raunchy, this one. It's, it's And I'm not holier just, than thou, believe me, but I'm, I just heard it no, worse it's, than the other ones. But apparently this, what's happened this season is pretty normal for other oh. seasons. They just don't air it. I want to read, like, did, didn't someone come out with, like, a behind-the-scenes type book? <gasps> yes. Yeah, I can't remember who. It was a girl. I think she lost all her money off of it. Like, you know, she broke contract or I think something. she was crazy on it or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah which, she was crazy. There you go. The list is she, long. She got picked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you watching this fall? What TV shows do you love? Okay, so I'm a crime drama mm. person. Okay. I don't watch any comedies. My husband thinks something's wrong with me. Like, I need to go see a psychiatrist. I don't watch a lot of comedies either. In fact, I put on Gilmore Girls for the first time last night. I uh, loved that show. Okay, see, I need to, I watched three episodes, and honestly, right now, I can take it or leave it. Well, that was back in the day I was watching those kind of shows. Okay. Like, I don't know that today in my, you know, yeah. twist mind, I would appreciate it. So what do you love? Things. Oh gosh, like I watch The Good Wife. I watch, we've been watching Graceland. Graceland is on this summer. Okay. Um, it's like DEA, FBI. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any CIA, FBI. Did you watch The Blacklist? Yes. Yeah. All that. Like, I, I secretly wished I was a like secret agent, FBI. So Did you watch Alias back in the day? Oh, girl. Oh, that was our show. If we were on video. <laughs> I would show you my alias action figures. I have alias dolls. Okay, that's hilarious. They were gifted to me because of my obsession. What do you think about um, Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck splitting up? Very, very sad. Very sad. I know. It's like I sh- actually shouldn't care about people that I don't know their marriages, but it's so sad to me. It's very sad. It makes me so sad. Okay, you want to hear a really funny about that? Yeah. You know, she was married to... Um, I heard someone say this is her third marriage. Who's she been married to? She was married to Scott Foley. Mm-mm. I think first. Which really? Scott, yes. From this is you'll have to edit out this show. Why? Um, from he's on Scandal. Oh, he's I the, watch Scandal. He's Jake. Jake. <gasps> Jake is Scott. They that's were, right. Somebody may write in and tell us I'm wrong, but I really think that's correct. They, I think they were married. She might have been married to someone before that, but okay. she was married to him. Do you watch Scandal? Yeah. Okay, me too. But every okay. episode, I'm like, I'm done with this. I hate it. Yeah. But I, I do fast forward through some parts. I'm like, yes, ah! I know. We all should. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so she was married to him. 
And then maybe yes. one other. So I, can't, I do not remember the second person who who else she was married to. I don't know that I realized she was married to two people before Ben. But okay, so you know her partner on Alias. Yes, I. They Michael they Chan. they were together. I thought they were. Yes, I don't know if they were ever married, but I think they were together. Okay, so okay, this is really I've never told anybody this. So if. <laughs> friend of mine at the time that I actually let me tell you I love it when I'm talking to someone on the podcast I'm like I've never told anyone this and I'm like girl it's not just me and you but go ahead you need like special music that comes in <laughs> at know. this moment like builds it up everyone just feels so, so comfortable they can just tell me their darkest secrets and not realize yeah. how many people are listening to it okay go ahead so this is a secret so the second time um I don't even think I've told my husband this this cracks me up the second time we were separated I had, I had this friend we had this couple in our life and this friend and her cousin was friends with michael vartan like oh, they were wow. best buds uh-huh. or whatever uh-huh. and so i'd convinced myself that if my marriage failed she was i was going to get her to set me <laughs> up the table that is hilarious i was going to be his second gen that's what i told oh, told myself jen garner mm-hmm well, luckily, yeah. your marriage did not fail. Um, no, it did not We're fail. We're very Thank grateful you. for that, yes. We're very, very grateful because now we can go do write a book. and Yes. And you could throw that in there, too. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Jen and Ben. Jen and Ben. Gone. Gone. It's. I'm really sad. I am, too. I always get sad um, when – I mean, I think it's sad any time a marriage fails. I really do. Um, and then I think, like, oh, people in the public eye, they've got three kids. They seem so, quote, unquote, normal. Well, and I think I love her so much, and I know she was probably good for him. I love her, too. So that made me sad. I mean, he's been married. Wasn't he married to Jennifer Lopez? Mm -hmm. Or dating? We need to have Google open because we're probably... It's okay. Anyhow, he dated Jennifer Lopez. Yes. He was with her. He was with her. They were together, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. Okay. uh, You told me that you listened to Serial. Girl. Have you... Okay. Have you now been listening to Undisclosed? I'm caught up. Now I'm finally caught up. Like, I don't know how the people before listened to Serial once a week when it was. No, that was hard. We listened to it like that. I mean, that puts me back with my seasonal shows where I have to wait each week. I don't like that. Yes, I'm caught up on Undisclosed and I'm waiting because they took off a week for 4th July. Rude. Independence Day. Um, I am loving Undisclosed. Okay, I want to know your thoughts. Um, my th- okay, so undisclosed is very biased, I very mean, biased, and they and they tell you that they are, they are working for him. Um, and if anyone's listening, I don't know how you if you've been listening to podcasts forever, you know that Serial was a show that um, Sarah Koenig uh-huh. Koenig did about investigating a murder that happened um, a long time ago in Baltimore and. Adnan is in prison, and she kind of just takes apart the case. And at the end, you kind of left wondering what – she doesn't solve anything, which was kind of disheartening for me at the end of Serial. I wanted closure. Um, but now Undisclosed is lawyers that actually work for Adnan, and they're trying to, again, prove his innocence. And I think I, – I don't think he should be in jail is what I think. I don't think the state had enough evidence to convict him and put him in jail Definitely forever. Definitely not. So I'm, I'm confident on that. Undisclosed is making me think he didn't do it. And that's their job, obviously. What do you think? Right. It makes me think he didn't do it. It definitely makes me not confident in our justice system. Not like in this case, that's for sure. 
I feel like I'm listening to true facts about what I watch on TV with the like corrupt, uh-huh. you know. But yet, this is someone's effects. real life. Someone's real life, and yeah. I'm like, I cannot believe this is going on, yeah. and people got away with this kind of yeah. stuff. And you know, I've talked about this before, but I read a book recently called Just Mercy, and oh my gosh, it. It is the book I will recommend to everyone this year. And it's about this kind of stuff. It's about um, the justice system failing um, minorities, women, um, economically disadvantaged, um, mentally disadvantaged, all of these different categories about how the justice system does not work for them because they don't get fair trials. And I don't know if that played in the case into the case here at all, you know, but. Sure does sound like sure it. Sure does sound like it. I know. And when you looked at all the holes in the reports, Everything, stuff left all out. the holes, yes. And Lo- all I mean, the stuff that lies. they're talking about with, like, prepping Jay for these interviews. I'm like, oh, um, what? Yeah. This can happen? Yeah. Crazy. And that he was arrested and, nev- like, he never saw the light of day the day he was, like. I didn't realize that until this last episode, yeah. Yeah. He's been in jail ever since. Yeah. My, I got my sister hooked. She listened to it. She's like, whatever happened to innocent until proven guilty? Right? I was like, I don't. Serial is fun to binge listen on for sure. Because listening to it week by week like we did when it aired, some of the facts were hard for me to keep straight every week. Yes. Yeah. And I even feel that way with Undisclosed sometimes. I'm like, wait, what? Who? What? Who? Yeah. I always like when they repeat themselves, like recap something. Yes, me too. They do a great job of that. Yeah. Mm. So I'm... Anxious to see what is it called when the who's taken over their case? The other group of people, Innocence Project. Yes, Innocence Project. Which, when they get involved, you're like, it's about to go down. Seriously, they need a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I know they won't. And that's kind of what the Just Mercy guy is. He has a he has an organization kind of like that, working for people, which is crazy, so crazy. Um, Okay, Jen, let's give away a book. (laughs) Let's do. I would love to do that. 31 days of prayer for the dreamer and the doer. Yes. I love that so much. Um, We'll do it on Instagram. Perfect. Yeah, we'll do it that way. That's a lot. I like that. It's fun. Instagram's my favorite thing these days. Yeah. Oh, speaking of. Yeah. Did I tell you I was going to ask you your three favorite things? No. Okay. Is it too much to throw at you right now? I've really dropped the ball this summer on letting people know I'm going to ask them that. (laughs) What genre? Anything. You can tell me like your favorite coffee mug to your favorite like pair of shoes to your favorite book to your favorite app. I don't care. What are if you're like you know when you like find something you love? Like yeah. I remember when TiVo came out. Do you remember that? Oh gosh. I told yes. everybody about it because I'm like, this is the greatest invention ever to mankind. So what are three things you're loving right now? Oh gosh. Okay. This is hard this, for the moment. No, I'm sorry. The first thing, it, I know it sounds so cheesy, but my nephews, like, I'm kind of obsessed with my sister's two kids. Oh. They make me so happy. I just drive over and get, see them whenever I'm like. How old are they? They're a, a, almost two and four. Oh, those are fun ages. Those are fun ages to not be the mom. Totally. You know. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so your nephews. Yeah. Fun. What else? Um, I'm th- I'm gonna just admit it's my it's my t- like my TV. Yeah. I'm working on that. Okay. I didn't. Tr- I only watched three hours yesterday after work. 
See, that's great. So that was I, bad. I, I know it's I can't not, believe I admitted that. No, but after work, like I always ask people, a lot of people I know, they like the kids go down and the, they're winding down. It's the night and they like groove with work. I don't really fun. I don't work well after that. Like I work best, like get it all done. Like right now it's noon. I've been working on other stuff, you know, since this morning, but then at night I like to watch TV too. I grant, I take it you do as well. Yeah. And I, I'll admit like yesterday I did work late, but I, when I said after work, I meant like after I didn't turn it on till the bachelorette was on at See, seven and I was still at my desk working. There you go. So I tried really hard not to watch it all day. I've been yeah. trying, I need to try to get better at that. <laughs> okay. That's number two. What's your third thing? <laughs> or are you reading anything right now that you're loving? Are you a reader? No, I'm not a reader. Huh. Is that wrong? If you write something and you're not a reader? <laughs> no. I always tell my kids, though, readers are leaders. <laughs> when I'm making yes, them I'm read. not a leader. No, you are. Um, they I'm roll- like looking around my office. You know what? I'm loving my, this is so random, I'm loving my gold foil dream big, pray bigger styrofoam cups I had made for our book bash. Okay, that's fun. I've always wanted to have cups made with something on them. They're so fun. I'll make them for you. You just tell me what you want made. Oh, wow, Yes. But then you fun. throw them away though, right? Yeah, but I use like one cup like for several days. Okay, yeah. Because I just but drink water But I've always wanted to it. like throw a party and have like cups that are like matching. Oh, that's totally what I did. Okay, you could have you happy hour time. with Jamie <gasps> Ivy. Yes. You know, I've thought about getting some koozies made because I love a good koozie. I can make you koozies. I have those too. They say dream big, pray really? bigger, and gold. Uh-huh. We had those made too. How much does it cost? What's the re- what's the um whole is a wholesale? What I'm looking at? What does it cost to make a koozie? It's like a dollar a koozie. Oh my gosh, I can do that. I've thought about making koozies and sending them to all my guests. Would that be a fun <gasps> gift to get in the mail? That would be totally fun. We're on it. Let's We're on it. it. Okay, that would be fun. I love that. Okay. I'll even give away a sleeve of cups with. The book. Oh, that's even better. This just got good, guys. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love yeah. it. I love it. Okay. Well, this has been so fun. So fun. And I'm sure all your interview people say they could just talk to you for hours. I love it because I could just talk for hours. Isn't it fun? So fun. It's like the happy hour. It is. Next oh, time wait. you come to Austin, we have to have a real happy hour. No, we totally will. And I can I meet your friend. Just... Yeah. And maybe Jenny I mean... can come. Oh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go to some We love place. Jenny. We do love Jenny. Yeah. Jenny's been through the trenches. Yeah. Right. I'm thinking Jenny's going to come on again soon. Oh, good. I know. Very good. I know. Talk about all any. Sh- yeah. And I should have asked you for tips on packing for Africa. Oh, yeah. Where are you going? I was going to ask you that, actually. Um, South Sudan. Oh, fun. August 2nd. What are you going for? Working with Seed Effect. They ah. work financing with entrepreneurs yeah. there. Right up my alley. Awesome. Yeah, I'm very Have excited. you been to Africa before? No, not okay. Africa. Yeah, that very was my first time when I went to Uganda this spring. Packing. I don't have good tips. Oh. Take as the least amount of clothes as you can. Yeah. Wear stuff over. Got it. But don't skip on underwear. Got it. Um, 
Some people yeah. told me to do this, like bring like tank tops to wear under your t-shirt so that you're like your sh- whatever shirt you have on. So it doesn't get so like nasty, right. but I don't like that makes me like sweat. Yeah. The thought of that. Makes- yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Like the thought of two shirts that doesn't seem appealing to me. Yeah. We got to do carry-ons, two carry-ons. That's all we can take. See, that's okay. And oh, I've started doing this and this is like, you probably already know this rolling my clothes in the suitcase. Yes. Uh-huh. It, yeah. You can get so much more in than just throwing them in there folded. Got it. So okay. that's 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 my tip of the day for packing right there. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Sponsored yeah. by com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, roll them. <laughs> roll them up. That's all I got. Okay. Dry shampoo, maybe. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Okay, well, have fun, and I want to hear all about your trip when you get back. And we have a thousand more things we can talk about. So we'll have to have you back on the happy hour. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Yes. And anything we talked about links, I'll put up over in the show notes at jamieivy.com. And Jen, it has been a pure joy to have you on today. Love you, friend. Love you too. And we'll talk koozies later. Perfect. Because I I want to send all my past guests a koozie. That would be awesome. Now you got to go gather addresses. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, Koozies are the best. So. They are. Anyhow, okay, well, have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you later. Guys, didn't you love Jen? I knew that you would. I loved her vulnerability about her marriage struggles early on in her years. I know that some of you are listening, and you're like, I understand that. I get it. And so I loved how she was open with sharing that. Jen has given away a book of the 31 Days of Prayer for the Dreamer and the Doer. She also is adding a sleeve of the cups to it that say, Dream Big and Pray Bigger, and a koozie. Y'all know I love koozies. If you don't know, you know now after this interview, I really want to get some made and send out to guests and maybe even special listeners like you. Uh, But we're going to do that over on Instagram. Follow me. Guys, today's show is also sponsored by Nutty Snacks. Nutty Snacks are my new favorite thing to have around the house. They're gluten-free, all-natural, high-protein. They're perfect for CrossFitters, not me, and endurance athletes, not me, who need a little boost to keep going, but that might be you. But they're also loved by moms who need a good quality snack for the little people, and they're devoured by anyone who dares to try them. Just this week, we got some of ours in, and we got the little snap, uh, sample packs, and my favorite is the Choco Peanutty. So if you're going to go try some out, they have these two-and-a-half-ounce packs that are like you can just throw them in your purse, throw them in your car. And then they also have the seven-ounce that are good for everyone to share together. Nutty Snacks is committed to doing good and making a difference in the world. When you purchase Nutty Snacks, a percentage of their proceeds go directly to the Amani Project to help kids in need. Or you can do good through a purchase for a purchase project where they partner with other organizations committed to doing good in the world. Nutty Snacks, a little sweet, a little nutty, a whole lot of good. Right now, for Happy Hour listeners, they're giving you 15% off. So head on over to their website, nuttysnacks.com. Use the code HAPPYHOUR15. Happy Hour 15, get 15% off your purchase. It's worth trying. These are great snacks for you to have, especially if you do need stuff that's gluten-free, like we do for our story girl. So, anyhow, head over to Nutty Snacks. I love them. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for getting all the way to the end with me. Next week is episode number 50. I feel like I want to be Oprah and just start throwing things and giving things away. 50 is a big deal for me. Jen Hatmaker is coming back on the show, and we have a lot of fun stuff to give you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing with your friends. Thanks for tagging me on Instagram while you're listening, while you're painting or running or driving or picking up kids. Thanks for it all. Guys, enjoy your week and get some girls together for your very own live in-person happy hour. What's the point of all this background?